You're listening to the Hope Church Winter Garden Podcast for May the 1st, 2016. This week's episode is called Stand Firm, which is the last week of a four-part series called Stand. Church, we're glad you guys are here today. We are in the last week of our stand series, our stand series. And if you're looking around today and you're trying to figure out what is going on behind them, we're also in the middle of the scene of Into the Woods. And so we've got, we've kind of decorated all this for you guys because we wanted you guys to be like, feel like you're here. Um, commercial, um, if you are, if you, if you like good uh, drama and theater and production, this school here is the, uh, the West Orange High School is the best um, in, in the state, probably, in a lot of places, even in the country, in this, in this area. So Into the Woods, it, it started this past weekend. There's a showing, when we get done today, there's a showing here, I believe, at 2 p.m., and then it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, and you got to come. And so I think I'm coming Friday night uh, with my family and Jill, who plays bass for us, and so... We're, you're more than welcome to come with us if you want to come. That's Friday night. We're going to come be here. But it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday is at 2 p.m. If you want to go to lunch, then come back. Um, I don't get commission on the tickets in case you're trying to figure that out. I don't. I'm just I'm inviting you. It'll be an awesome, awesome thing for you to come and see. And we'd love for you guys to be here. Um, man, we want you to know this. This past week, I, I, God kind of gave me this phrase, I, I think, for our church. Sometimes I, I, try to, I try to come across, I try to make sure that I attack, and I make sure that I make it very clear what we are in, at this church and kind of how we want you guys to feel. But we want you guys to know this. God put these kind of words together in, in my mind. It's these words. You're welcome and wanted here. You are welcome and, and wanted here. And um, I was joking, one of my friends walked in today, and I said, man, we let everyone come to this church. And I wasn't joking about that. I was just joking. I was making fun of her and joking with her. But I said, man, we let everyone come to this church. And, and, um, and my friend Michelle was there greeting at the door. I mean, we're just glad you're here today. We don't really know where all of you guys have been. Um, but here's what we do know. We, we're excited about where you're going. We're excited about where you're going. We believe at this church your best days are ahead of you. If you've been in the valley, we believe that the mountaintop is coming for you. We believe that things are going to work out for you. Things are going to work out for the good thing. You're going to make it. You're, you're going to make it. If you're, we said this a few weeks ago, but if you're not dead, God's not done. If you're not dead, God is not done. Yeah, that's good. We can clap for that. Can you turn this down just a little bit for me, Eloy? It's like we got a whole new system up here, and so I'm just like, I feel like I hear myself. I get sick of hearing myself. You ever talk so much you get sick of hearing yourself? You're like, no. Well, I do. I'm always talking. I get sick of hearing myself. And so... Um, um, man, we're, you're welcome. One here today. Um, if you if you have a cell phone today, why don't you go ahead and take that out and why don't you check in if you want and let your friends know, hey, while they're at home scrolling um, and they're watching whatever it is that they're watching, you check in here and your friends know you're at church. Or or if you want to go to uh, go to Hope Church and and and, um, and check in at Hope Church or go to the Hope Church's um, uh, page. And would you say that you're coming next week to Mother's Day? Um, let me give you one good reason to. I'll give you two good reasons come to come next week to Mother's Day. We've got, a, uh, we've got a, a surprise that we want to tell you guys about next week, and uh, we're very, very excited about it, and, uh, and we want you to know about it. And then second thing, next, next week, you're going to hear one of the best communicators on the planet, and, um, and some of you guys are thinking, man, who is it? I'll tell you who it is. It's my wife. She is going to blow the roof off this place. It's going to be awesome. So you want to be here next week. She, is, she writes most of my stuff for me. So if you can imagine, I mean, she's, she's going to light it up. And so we're very excited about what she's going to share with us. And... Um, and we're going to pray next week. Maybe you're in here saying, like, man, I really want to be a mom, but I'm not a mom. 
And maybe Mother's Day is, a, I know for some people Mother's Day is a cruddy, cruddy holiday, but maybe you're in here today and you say, man, I'd love to, I'd love to have a, a child and um, we're going to pray over you next week. And, um, and we just, we're going to believe the best for you in your life and the best for you in your family's life. And um, we're going to have a good time. Week one of the Stand series, we talked about stand up. Stand up. As a church, we stand up for two things. We stand up for God always. He's flawless. He's perfect. He's the best person to ever back up. He'll never let you down. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. We stand up for God, and we stand up for other people. We stand up for other people. We stand up for other people because sometimes when you're honest, if you're honest in here today, sometimes it's hard to even stand up for yourself. Sometimes it's hard to get out of bed in the morning. Sometimes it's hard to go through life. You feel like you've been beat up Monday through Saturday, kicks your bottom all over the place, and then you show up on Sunday, or you go, or maybe on, maybe it's seven days a week, you feel like you've just been in a, in, a, in a boxing match, and you're the recipient of all the punches. And so we stand up for people because it's hard to stand up for ourselves sometimes, so we stand up for people. We believe that God's called us to stand strong. I, I gave you this phrase, and if you're taking notes, it would be a good phrase for you to kind of write and kind of memorize. You're stronger than you think you are. You're stronger than you think you are. You are. You're stronger than you think you are. So that was stand strong. Last week we talked about the fact that Jesus wants you and I to stand in faith. He wants us to stand in faith. And if you feel like your faith is lacking, you're in good place. Because a lot of times as a Christian journey, sometimes it feels like our faith is lacking. And we use the word faith, and we're going to unpack this a little bit more today. But we use the word faith. We're talking about a, we're talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I hear some people say, oh, I have a faith. I have a faith. Yeah, you, you can have faith in a chair. That will hold you up. The other day I told her, I said, hey, we might need some new chairs in here. She said, why? I said, because this one's looking a little bit on the, on the raggedy side. This one, I don't know if this chair is going gonna, is gonna to make it for the long haul. But you can place your faith in a chair. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus, the, uh, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're talking about that. So God wants you and I to stand in faith. And then last, this past, or this week, today, we're going to look at the fact that Jesus wants you and I to stand firm. Stand firm. Firm, if you're taking notes and you need a sub-message sub point there, you need a, a subtitle, you can write down the, this phrase, it's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here. And so you can write that down because we're going to talk about that today. If you have a Bible, flip over to Daniel chapter 3. I got a lot of scripture I want to get through today because we believe this. We're a Jesus church. I, I saw a friend the other day um, say, hey, I'm looking for a good church. And this kid, this guy jumps on and he's a brand new believer. And, um, and my, my friend Travis is here today and he's kind of helped this guy connect with Jesus, and he said, um, he, he, the, the guy said, you got to come check out my church. He jumps in. He comes from Leesburg. I can't believe, they drive 50 minutes to come to our church every single week, and there's a handful of you guys that do that. And so he said, you got to come to my church. And uh, the, the person commented, do they preach the gospel there? And, and this guy is brand new. Chase is like, I, I don't know, I, I, didn't, I don't know what, what went through his mind, though, but I know what I'd be going through my mind if I was him, a brand new believer. What the heck is the gospel? What is the guy, like, what, is she cussing at me? Like, that's probably what he thought. And he said this. So I'm, like, waiting for his reply, and uh, I'm kind of, like, trying to check it out. Like, every couple of minutes I'd go and check on the, on the thread and see what was going on. And he says, I don't know for a gospel church, but here's what I do know. We are a Jesus church, and we believe in Jesus. And I was like, nailed it. That's the gospel. Jesus is the good news. You crushed it. And then I had lunch with him yesterday, him and his fiance, and they asked me to, to, to marry them, and I said yes, because that was a really good answer, and I'm going to use that from now on. So we believe in Jesus at our church, and we believe in the Bible. We believe in those two things. Those, those two things are our guiding factors for life. We believe that Jesus is the author and the creator of the universe. He died on the cross, and he rose again for you and I. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He lived the life that you and I could not live. 
he died the death that we should have died. And so we believe that about Jesus, and then we believe that the Bible is perfect. We believe that Jesus didn't leave anything out. We believe that it's, it's all in there, and it's perfect. And we're glad you're here today. I have a friend of mine here today. His, his name is Kirk, and he's a good guy, and I love him, and I'm glad he's here today. And the very first, the very first Hope baby, our very first baby that was born, not in this building at Hope Church, but the very first people... Um, they, the very first Hope baby made it to church, and, and we're, and we're going to dedicate that baby next week. And, and so I'll, I'll show you her next week, and she's a cute, cute, cute little kid. And then we had our second Hope baby this past week, and Diana and I are going to bring them dinner on, on Monday night. But uh, we're having babies now. Not me and Diana. We're done. But our church, we're at the point where we're, now we're doing the weddings, which is I love the weddings. And I love going to the hospital or going to people's homes and seeing their baby. It seems like a creepy church thing to do. But we ask permission. And if they say no, we just ask again until they say yes. But eventually they let us say, no. I'm just kidding. Um, but we are, God's called you and I to stand. From Daniel chapter 3, we've been using um, the book of Daniel um, as, a, as a reference point for following Jesus, really. And that's what we're about here at this church. We're all about following Jesus. That's what God wants you and I. He wants us to follow him. That's kind of the, that's kind of the big deal. The big deal for our church is that God wants you and I to follow him. And then once we begin to follow him, he wants us to invite other people in on the journey with us. That's what he wants. It's pretty simple. So if you're here today and you're trying to figure out, are the people on the stage better than all the people that are in the seats? The answer is no. Everyone in our church, if you're new to this church, everyone in this church on the same playing ground. We believe this at our church, that life is not a, life is not a competition. We believe that. Life is not a competition. It's, it's a journey. We're all in it together. We're all trying to figure it out together, and especially me. We're all trying to figure out how to do this thing called following Jesus together. And none of us are better than the other person in, in the journey. Uh, I, I posted, I, I saw a friend post just, just a few moments ago. He just said, you know, that we, in life, we're always trying to figure out who's better than everybody else. And they're really in this room, we're all this, we're on the same playing ground. And we all need Jesus. And then once we meet him and have a relation with him, God's called us to follow him. So... Um, we're going to look at Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to read this story for you today and make a couple of uh, suggestions or a couple of thoughts uh, about the um, scripture. And, um, and then um, at the very end, I'll give you two things I want you to write down. If you have a guide today, a worship guide, there's, there's notes. There's a place for you to write notes down in there. You're like, well, it's not very much space there. I'm not going to give you a whole lot today. I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. I want you to leave with one or two things today. And if you can hang on to those things until you get back here next week. Um, or until you read your Bible Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, I think you'll be better for it. So Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. This guy, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his friends, this is his crew, this is his guys. God is using them, and God is blessing their life. And he wants to do the same thing for you, and he wants to do the same thing for me. But I'm, I think when we go through life, we go through temptations, or we go through trials, and those things make us better followers of Jesus. And so if you're trying to make sense of the tragedy that you went through, um, I wish I had a really good answer for that. I, I don't, and I hate tragedy. When, when my friends message me and say, hey, could you pray for me? I just lost my, my grandma, or hey, I lost this person, or hey, this bad. I wish I had this great answer for you, but here's what I do know ab about the tragedy. I know that when you're in the tragedy, it's really, 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 really bad. It's, 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 it's incredible. It's, it's painful. It's hurtful. But when you get through the tragedy... God can use you to kind of bring some people along and show them some things that he showed you in the journey. And that's sometimes, I think that's the only good thing I can think of when tragedy happens. So when you find people and you say, hey, I, I went through that. Can I, do you, would, would you mind if I just kind of walk with you along the journey? I'll leave this summer and I'll fly to Philadelphia and I'll speak to 
to some high school students and middle school students in, in Philadelphia, and I'll just kind of tell them kind of my journey and kind of how I, and I'll, what I'll happen is when I'll get off the stage one night of, of speaking, I'll have kids come up to me and they'll say, man, I just, I resonated with that. that that's my story or that's my, that's my situation. And I'll typically, over the next three days, I'll spend time with that kid or that group of kids and I'll just kind of walk through how I made it through growing up. Or I'll talk through, hey, here's, how, here's what you can do. Here's some tools that you can use in growing closer to Jesus. And so um, Daniel, God's using these guys. King Nebuchadnezzar, he's the bad guy in the story. He made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 90 feet wide. I'm not sure why he made it that big, but he tried to make a point, point given. No one missed it. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messengers to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he had set up. He didn't want anyone to miss out on his party. So all these officials came and they stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they're all there. And then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations. They're speaking of races. Um, my trip said to me today, he goes, uh, how come uh, my, my son, uh, and I always ask you guys to pray for my son because he's, he's more like me. He has all the issues. I think God put all the issues that I have into my son. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, so pray for him. But the other day he says, hey, um, dad. I said, what's up? And he didn't even call me dad that much. I'm kind of giving him a little bit of credit. He usually, he usually calls me bro. I'm trying to figure out if that's disrespectful or not, dad. I don't know. I would never call my dad bro. Um, if I did, I'd be picking myself up off the ground a couple seconds later. And, um, but I, he's like, bro. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And it's kind of cute. I don't know if it, anyways, I'm trying to figure it all out. And um, he says, dad. I said, what's up, son? He's five. He goes, uh, he's in the room. It was, it was a few of us. And he goes, uh, how come you're the only brown one in our family? So I was like, you're racist, you know. I slapped him and I picked him back up. No, I'm just kidding. But he's picked up on the colors. And so everyone's there. That kind of just popped in my mind. That was a freebie. You can write that in your notes if you want to. And uh, so uh, my pastor is brown. You can tweet stuff like that. It's totally okay. I'm not offended. So here's what he says. Uh, every, every color, every background, every nation, everyone who speaks any different kind of language Everything, everybody, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, I don't know what a zither is, but you can Google it. A lyre, I know what a lyre is. It's when you say something you shouldn't say. A harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, you bow to the ground and you worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into the furnace. So the king has a furnace, and, um, and it's hot, and if you don't bow down to this, this image that he made that you can't miss, there's no secret in, it, in the fact that there's a huge idol there. If you don't bow down to it, you're going to be thrown in the fiery furnace. And everyone heard this. This was clear. Every language, I don't know if there was a bunch of different translators up there. I really don't know, but everyone got the picture. It was, it was clear. And I don't know how long it took them to get that to everyone to understand that, but they all got it. And, and he says here in this story, that, so at the sound of the musical instrument, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, they bowed to the ground and they worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Let's keep going in verse, um, the very next verse, verse 8. But some of the astrologers went to the king and they informed him, of, they informed him on the Jews. 
And they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. That was, that, they were brown nosing. Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring that all people bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods, and they do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. King says, everyone, when you hear the instruments, you hear the band strike up, and everything's firing, everything's, everything's sounding the way it's supposed to sound, everyone falls down no matter what you're doing, whether you're cooking, cleaning, or whatever it is that you're doing, you fall down working, and you bow down to this idol that no one can miss. Not one person can miss it. It's pretty clear. You're going to bow down to it, and you're going to worship well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decided they're not going to do that. And meanwhile, we've been in this story for three or four weeks. If you're catching them, I mean, these guys were Jesus followers. They followed the, the Lord God. That's who they were following. And you see here in the story, they're like, no, we're good. We're not bowing down to, to nobody. This is, we're, we're, we're Jesus followers. And so as we keep on going in this story here, Shadrach, Meshach, and um, verse 13, they, they flew, King Nebuchadnezzar, he flew into a rage. He got upset. And he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be, be brought to him. Hey, guys, come here. When they were brought to him, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue that I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rest... He, doesn't, he says, Then... What God will be able to rescue you from, from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown to the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods nor worship the gold statue that you have set up. We're not following you, King Nebuchadnezzar. We're not doing it. We were put here on this earth by the creator of the universe, and we're not following any God. We're not bowing. You made that, Nebuchadnezzar. We follow God. We follow Jesus. We're, that's what we're doing. We're for God. And if you're not for God, you're in trouble. Things typically work out. This is a freebie today. Things typically work out better for you when you're with Jesus. And that doesn't make everything, everything's going to be okay, but I'm just telling you, doing life, doing tragedy, doing getting fired from your job, relationships, everything typically is better when you're doing life with Jesus, hands down, every single time. And you're like, Wes, well, how do you know? Here's how I know. I've been doing life, I've been doing church life, and I've been in, I've been in church and, and, and around church for a long time. I've been a pastor for 11 years, and I've done a case study. And you're like, that's weird. Is that what you pastors do? Um, no. But here's what I know. I've been with enough people that walk through. I've walked through. You name the tragedy. I've walked through with people. People with Jesus and people without Jesus. And typically what I've seen, almost one out of one time, it's always, and those people you say, it's, it's always better with Jesus. It's always better. Life is always better with Jesus. I tell people all the time that, man, I just, I just need more relationships. Sometimes it's better that you're lonely with Jesus than having a bunch of friends. 
It's better with just you and Jesus. It's better. You, you know what? Know why? I think it's better. A couple reasons why. Because Jesus is for you. He's for you. Which would mean that he's, he's, not, he's not against you. You know, one thing I know Jesus is, and he is not in competition with you. When you own everything, the Bible says that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. When you own everything, God is not jealous about your BMW. <laughs> he's not like, oh, you got that car? He does not care. He doesn't care. He's like, I own everything. I made the guys that made the car. He's not in competition with you. He loves you. He loves you. I, I've tried my whole life to try to figure out how to love my wife unconditionally and try to love people unconditionally, but I realized I, I got, got pretty far down the road, and I realized the only person that can love unconditionally is Jesus. And so when you marry people, humans, that are all sinners, which is the one out of one here today, when you, when you try to love them unconditionally, you fail miserably. Because the only person that can love unconditionally is Jesus. So what do we do? We love those people the best that we can. And you know what? When we do, we love them the best we can. We still let them down. We still let them down. But can I tell you this? Watch what I know. I love my wife better, more, and more better. The closer that I am to Jesus, the better I am a husband, the better I am a father or a bro, you know, or a friend. I'm better when I'm closer to Jesus. You're better when you're closer to Jesus. You just are. Me and my friends, uh, we're, we're, my other friend, he, I was with him this past week. He's a pastor. And uh, we, just, we just verbally abuse each other when we're together. And we love it. <laughs> we love it. It's just like everything is making fun of, of, of each other. That's just kind of how we get along. You're like, that is weird. That's how guys do it, I guess. We just, I got here today, and, um, and, and George and Frank are here today, and they're both helping with this technical side of this service that, um, that never works out the way it's supposed to work out. But they're just bickering back and forth. And one's like, bro, you want to do it this way. Bro, why don't you try that? And I'm laughing. I'm like, you girls quit fighting. You know, and they're going at it, and Jill and I are here. We're just like, I'm glad, I'm not, I'm glad my brother's not here because my brother was here. We were, my brother was here last week. He was doing what they are doing. We fought last week. Primarily because he got here late. Um, anyways, I'm just kidding. I love you. Don't retaliate. Please don't be listening right now. I have a younger brother who's dangerous. He's just the kind of brother you don't mess with. They're just dangerous. They, like, they, don't, have a, they don't have a filter. And so I don't want to. He's like, can I get my brother? He's like, hey, I got you back. I'm like, what did you do? He's like, oh, I, I poured syrup in your gas tank. I'm sorry, man. It's, we're, good. we're even now. I'm like, no, we're not even. You went too far. And so um, back to this. They get to this situation or to this position where he says, you got to do this or else. And, and let, me, let me fill you in, okay? I'm not going to read the rest of the story. You can when you get home. And if you don't have a Bible, we, we want to give you one when you walk out today. They're free. We don't charge. And um, they go and they get a second shot at this deal. And when they got the second shot, sounds go off. The liars the zithers, the horns, the trumpet, everything goes. And it's going the way it's supposed to go. And Shadrach and Meshach in a minute go, <laughs> hands crossed. Just sitting there like, oh, we're good. No, we're good. We, we pray to Jesus. We're good. And they just got their hands crossed. And nothing happens. And so, you, you, you know, if you've been in church for a while, you know the story. But if you don't, let me tell you what happens. King says, hey, guys, I need this, the biggest, strongest guys. I need you guys to, I need you guys to come here. Because these guys are crazy. They apparently, they, 
they're, they're more dangerous than we think they are. Because if they're, if they're strong enough to say, we're good, we're not going to do what you tell us to do. Because everyone's doing it except for you three guys. And, and by the way, just a little commercial. If everyone else is doing it, by the way, adults, middle school students, high school students, adults. If everyone else is doing it, that does not make it right. That, and, I, and that's weird that I'm saying that to adults because you're like, man, that's really something you say to high school students. But as an adult, it fits us as well, too. Well, my friend got this new car. I got to get this new car. And we're like 35-year-old adults, 40-year-old adults. Well, they got that. My neighbors, my neighbors put up a, put up a, got a boat, so I got I to get a boat. Which I'm not against boats. Rob, get a boat. I mean, come on. I'm not, I'm not against that. We, but we see here in the story that, that we kind of go with the flow. And these guys are like, we're not going with the flow, bro. We're not doing that. My friend Brooke, you, she said this like at 10th grade. She said, we don't go with the flow. We, we actually are the flow. We, as believers, we, we, we kind of, we're, we're, we're pace setters. We go and people follow us as followers of Jesus Christ. And so everyone's kind of going with us, and they're standing there. So King Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, you guys, go get those three guys and tie them up extra tight. Just wrap their hands up so they cannot get out. Let's tie them up super tight. So these big, strong guys, they take Shaq, Meshach, and Abednego. They tie them up as tight as they can. And, and King Nebuchadnezzar says, oh, before you do, turn the fire up. Get it hotter in there or in there, however you say it. Get it hot. Seven times hotter. Get it super hot because I want to make sure these guys know I mean business. And they wrap them up as tight as they can. They take them there. When they get them to the fiery furnace, the guys that escorted them and put them in, they disintegrated. That's hot. They were gone. The guys that carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the fiery furnace, they disintegrated. I don't, I don't know how to make that a, a, better, a better picture for you, but they got burnt up quick like that. It didn't take long. It was just boom, and they were, they were done. Meanwhile, Shadmish and Abednego, they're in, the, they're in the furnace. And they're there, and they shut the doors. And, it's, and, and, and if you don't know the story, you're like, oh, man, they died in the fire. That's terrible. That's like one of the worst ways to die. And they're in this furnace. They're burning up. And King Nebuchadnezzar goes, uh, guys, we got a problem situation. Look down there. How many guys did you guys put in there? Because I only told you to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. But I see in there, there's actually four guys in there. And they're like, oh, dang it. We're in trouble. Did you put somebody extra in there? <laughs> did you put somebody extra in there? Oh, wait a minute. We can't ask the guys that took them there because they're dead. So three guys are in this furnace. Three guys are in there. And they look close and like, there's a fourth person there. We talked about this last week. It's a... Super, super theological word that doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but we see in this in Daniel chapter, we see in the book of Daniel, we see two Christophanies. And that's where Jesus, the physical Jesus, shows up in the Old Testament. Because we know, or we spend a lot of time in the New Testament as a church, but Jesus comes in the New Testament. We see that. We see him born as a ba born baby Jesus, and then we see him die as an adult. We see that. But he comes to the Old Testament, he comes in, in the form, and we call that a, a Christophany. Whenever Jesus comes and he shows himself in the Old Testament, it happens several times in the Old Testament. And they're looking down, there's four guys there. And then King Nebuchadnezzar goes, guys, okay, that's no big deal. We're not sure who that guy is. It's okay, but didn't you guys tie them up? Oh, yeah, yeah, we tied them up. We, we, super, we, super. We tied them up super good, King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, those three guys in there, which is now four guys, their hands are untied, King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar says to the guys, 
there are four guys walking around just hanging out in there. Playing frisbee. Kickball. They're just, what, what's going on in there, King Nebuchadnezzar? He, he's, he's freaking out. Guys, what's, what's the deal? And so he did what anybody, anybody rational would do. He said, okay, we got to get these guys out of there because this is scary. This is, I think a, there's such thing as a thing called a, a holy fear. And they have it. They're like, dang it, we're in trouble. Like because there's four guys in there, number one. But number two, they're untied. And I, I want to draw a couple of applications out of here today before, before I even give you what I really wrote down. It blows my mind thinking about this, that I think a lot of times when we're going through life, there's people that are walking around with us, and it may look like their hand is on our shoulder walking with us, but they're really taking us to a place that they wish themselves wouldn't even be at. Does that make any sense? They're just, oh, yeah, man, we're with you. We're for you. And they just want someone else to be miserable with them. Or they want someone to go down the path with them. You've heard the saying, misery loves company. You're there, it's like, you, they got, you got to go with them every night to that place that they go to because they, that's kind of their thing that's feeding the empty spot in their heart or in their soul and in their body. And so they want you just to go with them there every single night. You fill the place in. Or they want to take you there, or it's like, man, every Saturday night till 3, they want you to go to the place. I don't have that I mean, we're adults. Like, they want you to go be in it with them because they don't want to be by themselves because they're so miserable. But there's a good practical application there that sometimes the people that you're going with and, and, and going in your direction that maybe they're trying to hurt you, you'll find out a lot of times that they're nowhere around when it gets really, really hot. When things can't get any worse they're gone. Like, where, where's my, I thought they were with me. Tragedy happens, they're gone. The fire hits and, and they're, they're gone. I also want to, I also want to say this to you in, in the band, you guys can come up. I also want to say this. The second thing that I see here is that the ropes were gone. The ropes, they, they burnt up. And I think sometimes, I think, I think it's important for you and I to get this. I think sometimes we think our addiction is permanent. Our, we say at our church, everyone has a hurt, habit, or hang-up, and we think it's permanent. You following me? But God wants to take it from you, whatever it is. And I don't know what it is for you. I know what my, I know, I know what my thing is, and you know what your thing is, but God always, he wants to take that thing from you. The thing that you feel like is, is, is holding you hostage, God wants to take that thing from you. The pain that you have in that or the hurt that happened to you, or the, whatever it is, I believe that, I just believe that God wants to take that from you. Well, like, how do you know, Wes? Because the Bible tells me, here's what I know the Bible says, the Bible says, John 10, verse 10, that Satan comes to kill you, and to steal from you, and to destroy, for, destroy you. That's what Satan comes for. And Jesus knew that, you needed to know that, because I think sometimes we think, oh man, God is taken from you. I think sometimes, I saw someone say this, but sometimes we think God is the, we look more at God like that, that he is the judge as opposed to looking at him as the good father that he is. We look more at God as the judge than he So we see these guys here, they're, they're trying to follow Jesus, they're trying to do what's right, and they, the people that are holding them bound, they're gone. And the thing that hold them up, it's gone. And I want you to know, and I believe with all my heart, the thing that you're going through, God wants to take it from you. So write down these two things about faith and about standing firm. Here's the first one. 
if you're going to stand firm, it takes faith, okay? And here's what we know. Faith obeys God no matter what. Faith obeys God no matter what. I say a lot of things that are bold in here, and I say a lot of things that if you don't, if you don't listen carefully, that I think you can, you can misconstrue them. And, you know, one of the things that we said a few months ago, but you know, I believe that blessings always follow obedience. I just believe that. I think so many people aren't reaching their full potential because we won't first be obedient, but faith obeys no matter what. These guys are like, if God helps us, good. But if he doesn't, good. What? If it works out, good. But if it doesn't, our God is good no matter what. If we're gonna be a church and if we're gonna be a community that's gonna reach this community, if we're gonna be people that help people, even though we have problems on our own, if we're gonna help those people, we've gotta realize our faith has to obey God no matter what. Our faith has to obey God no matter what. When everyone else is going against us, faith says we're gonna be, we're gonna be obedient. We're gonna be obedient, and we need some people at this church, and we need some people at the churches in this city, if we're gonna reach this city, if we're gonna love this church, if we're gonna change the world, which I believe that God's put me on this earth to change the world, but I also believe that he didn't want me to do it by myself. I believe he wants me to do it with, with Michelle. I believe he wants me to change the world with Michelle, and the Garmins, and the Maddoxes, and, and the Bradshaws. I believe that God wants me to change the world. I'm not gonna stop, and, and if, if you're not gonna do it with me, I'm gonna find other people to do it with me. And I believe, I believe God wants you to use you to change the, their surroundings and then us to keep on reaching more people and loving people and loving more people and loving more people and God saves them and we love them and God saves them and we love them and that cycle just to repeat and go on and on and on and on and on. But we gotta be obedient. The world's looking at Christians to see if we're gonna be obedient. Did you know that? And if we're not obedient, they're like, you don't even follow God anyways. Why would I want that God? You don't even follow him. That makes sense, right? Am I getting too preachy? Is that a little bit uncomfortable? I don't want it to be. I see these guys here, they're just obedient. I want to be like these guys because God makes much of people who are obedient. I just see that. And I see the church that God dreams. I sit at a conference this week and I'm seeing churches pop up all around the world by the thousands. People that can't even that can't even meet. I got a friend going to Cuba this uh, next week, and you can't gather with more than 25 people in one spot, or it's it's called a um, a political uprising. And there's churches all around the world where there's people that are you know, we're going to be obedient no matter what. And if we lose our life, it's okay. I saw a guy. There's churches a, a million strong in China, a million strong in China. And he said, you, he goes, it's not anything for on a, on a daily basis to see a pastor for people to walk into a pastor's house, him pull them out there, then bring the whole entire village, and they kill, the, they kill the pastor in front of the whole entire village. Or if they don't do that, they wait till church starts like this, and they, they go outside to all the main entrances, and they lock them up, and they set the church on fire. Talk about being set a fire down in my soul. They just light those jokers up on fire. But people, Satan's not gonna attack you unless you're being obedient. These guys, are in the, these guys are in the middle of the biggest trial of their life and God shows up and says, hey guys, I'm with you, I'm for you. But faith always obeys God no matter what. And the second thing, faith believes God will work it out. If you've been trying to work it out, stop. It's exhausting trying to work it out. <laughs> I know. God tells me every day, but would you stop? Would you just be patient and relax? 
you take a chill pill? God wants to work it out, my friend. And faith believes that he will. I don't think he'll make it go away, by the way. I don't want, I don't want you to be confused. I think it's like, oh, that means it's going to go away. I, I don't know if it's going to go away. I think it will. I, I believe that your storm is temporary. I believe that every storm is. I wish it would start raining. My grass needs the water, but the storms are always temporary that you're going through. Faith believes God will work it out. Faith obeys God. God wants you not to be that church. He wants us to be the people that are going to stand firm in our faith. I shot a video this week and I'm done. We're going to show you the video next week. I'm excited about it. And uh, I was with there and my camera guy says that you're, you're just a little bit too tall for the shot. I said, thanks. Always want to be six foot tall, you know. And so he's like, you're just a little bit tall. Can you get into a, like a power stance and just kind of and just kind of get a little bit more into and I'm, I'm, I'm like this at first, you know. You, you, if I'm like this, you know, any girl in this building could walk up and push me over my feet like this. But if I put my stance up like that, I could take a hit. Jeremy and so uh, he says could you get a little bit like in a power stance and I think for a lot of us in here today our Christianity is more like this and things are coming it's knocking us over like what did God do that to me for he really doesn't want you he's not doing it to you he wants you to get your legs a little bit stand apart and he wants you to get a power stance so when the waves come you can take them and when the storms come can take them. And when people come at you that are trying to burn you, you can take it and let them go right by you. And when the addictions that are coming up at you and Satan tries to throw those lies at you, which Satan is the best lie throw there is, when those lies come at you, you can kind of take them and say, Satan, I'm, I'm, I'm too good for your lies. You got to go, go to someone weaker because I'm actually a little bit stronger. I can stand strong. I can stand up. I can stand firm because I know my God is good. Let me invite you to bow your head and close your eyes all across the way. I, I want to know today. In your